In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Today in our lectionary, we receive two of the most popular scripture passages for t-shirts, mugs, calendars, office wall art, and notebook decals. And I want to invite us today to ponder these passages to do a little bit of exegetical excavation and consider the challenge of a kingdom of heaven perspective and how such a perspective is expressed in our lives. Justice, kindness, humility, they all sound like something we want to live out and something we wish to receive. And then there's the courtroom-like drama of the book of the prophet Micah. It plays out in the natural landscape where the people are reminded of all that God has done for God's people. We hear today eight brief verses with reminders of redemption from slavery in Egypt. Reminders of God's vengeance when God's people lived out sexual indiscretions at Shittim, juxtaposed with reminders of Gilgal, that first stop of the Israelites in the Promised Land, where the men were circumcised, the Passover kept, and the wandering of the people of God ended. And in exchange for all that God has done, God seeks to evoke right response from God's people. And the human response of righteous indignation and faithfulness, it's much like the wheedling response of a toddler, not yet ready to go to bed. One more story, a drink of water, a cracker, something to eat. We hear humans who are reminded of their human failings, escalating in their response to God. Well, what's going to be good enough for you, God? A calf? A thousand rams? 10,000 rivers of oil? Okay, how about my firstborn child? Would any of these, God, be sufficient expressions of gratitude and demonstrations of my right orientation towards your way? None of these hyperbolic suggestions does God desire, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. 
And that's a lot more challenging than a burnt offering. God expects our orientation to righteousness to be shown through our actions. Let's turn to the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel and set up our pericope, the little snippet we hear this morning, in context. Immediately preceding the passage we heard today in chapter 4, we've heard the start of Jesus' public ministry. He's been busy proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, curing those afflicted with disease and sickness. And this action, this care, this transformation, justice, kindness, humility, as Jesus lives it, it is personal, local, embodied. And such encounters of Jesus with God's people are the medium, the backdrop on which the Beatitudes are proclaimed and contextualized. People are talking about the kingdom of heaven, not because it's an abstract idea, but because they've, they've felt it. Their lives have been changed by encounters with Jesus. So many are following Jesus, longing to draw near to him, that Jesus desires to set himself apart atop a high mountain to speak with his disciples, to teach those whom he has recently called to come and see, to fish for people. So much happens in Jesus' life on a high mountain. Satan promised him all the kingdoms of the world. It is there that the transfiguration takes place. On a high mountain that he spends a solemn night on the Mount of Olives before his crucifixion. It is on a mountaintop after his resurrection that he meets his 11 disciples and commissions them to go out and make disciples of every nation. For the writer of Matthew's gospel, a mountaintop is a set-apart place where instruction is offered and identity revealed. Are we ready to hear those instructions? The series of nine blessings or beatitudes that Jesus offers, it's, they're, they're different than like bless you when you sneeze or bless her heart when you're getting ready to gossip about someone. Blessedness has this sense of fullness, lack of want, reception of divine favor. The first three blessings name God's favor for those who live precariously on the margins of social, religious, or economic powers. The middle four blessings describe the practices that embody the kingdom of heaven. Loving justice, practicing mercy, acting with authenticity, and making peace. 
These practices echo God's demand in Micah for doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. And the final blessings of the Beatitudes speak of the challenges of enacting and inhabiting those practices that the kingdom of heaven demands, the ways in which one might encounter persecution. When the writer of Matthew's gospel talks about the kingdom of heaven, those early hearers of the, of, of the gospel, those who had been healed, they would be aware that Jesus was talking about a different kind of kingdom, a different kind of basileia, a different order from that of the Roman Empire, a new order brought about by participation in this kingdom of heaven through the practices that give it flesh, loving justice, practicing mercy, acting with authenticity, making peace. And this is lived out, not posted on our wall in slogans or wall art, but it's demonstrable. It's lived in a kind of proximate faithfulness, not a posturing affect of false humility. God desires our humility and our meekness because our neighbors and those with whom we are in relationship are not objects. So what do these proximate encounters look like in life? These echoes of the Beatitudes, of God's requirements as articulated in Micah, of this kingdom of heaven glinting. A surprising example came to mind for me. Casting my mind back some two decades now to news of a mass shooting that happened in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in an old order Amish community. The milk tank driver showed up at a room, one room schoolhouse, and in his wake left a dozen injured and six, including himself, dead. What is remarkable to me was the response of the community. They offered forgiveness. And they didn't do it in such a way that trivialized the trauma of the act or precluded the need for ongoing counseling or negated grief. The community members were meek, humble, peacemakers, they showed up. Members of the Amish community visited and tended the shooter's widow, held the shooter's grieving father as he sobbed, established a charitable fund to support the family of the shooter, invited his widow to attend the funeral of one of the schoolhouse victims. 
Blessed are those who mourn. God's not asking for a neon-lit sign that proclaims the words of Micah 6.8. That's no different than the offering of a burnt offering or a thousand rams or ten thousand rivers of oil. Rather, the signs that we seek of the kingdom of heaven are unexpected subtle, and show up in intimate moments like that broad shoulder of the Amish men who held the choking sobs of the shooter's father. So let us be attentive to our practices, our habits, the ways in which we show up to those around us that work to open the gates of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, Connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.